Abundance of love, abundance of grace. Now to that cross, you took my place. Oh God, you paid my ransom. My ransom. Abundant Life Christian Fellowship Church. Loving God, loving people. Now, here's Pastor Scott. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24. Listen to what God says in verse 24. Think of ways to encourage one another to outbursts of love and good deeds. And let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage and warn each other especially now that the day of his coming back again is drawing near. I want to preach to you this morning from a sermon titled, Why Should I Go to Church? Pray with me. God, thank you for this church. Thank you for the church that you died for. Thank you, God, for bringing us together into this place to fellowship together, to praise and worship you, God, to impact this community, to do life together, God, to walk in unity together, to study your word and to grow in discipleship. God, I pray, Lord, that you would give us ears to hear what you have to say. Father, I pray you strengthen my mind and anoint me to say what you'd have me to say in this place. God, I pray you'd heal the hurting. Save the lost, deliver the backslider in Jesus' name. Amen. Why should I go to church? Before I get into that, let me say I love y'all. Everybody's make sure. Everybody's like, it ain't easy being cheesy. It ain't it, uh, that. That's a Cheetos commercial. That ain't me being cheesy. Um, Sometimes, man, it, it, my mind, literally, I can be preaching and thinking about two different things. I'm adding up three numbers in my head right now, coming up with 18, um, and you thought it was nine and nine, but that, wouldn't, that would be two numbers. I, during preaching, a lot of times, I'll be saying whatever I'm saying, reading a scripture verbatim. I'll see one person picking a nose, another person wiping a, a Kleenex across their mouth, and somebody else digging out a wedgie, and a fourth person talking to the person next. And I got to keep going with it. But when everybody just seems so distracted, like there's is this speaker all right? Y'all ready to listen? Say listen. All right. I want you to hear before I get to this. I love being in church. Not because I'm the pastor of the church. From the time I got saved, I loved being in church. Uh, they never, never one time, and this is why we don't do it. Some people wonder, why haven't they come by to see me yet? We don't do that. I was gone for nine months in a row, and nobody called me. We don't do that either. People are like, I'm mad at Pastor Scott. I, I, I used to be a member of his church screech, hold breaks. Uh, I don't own a church. It's the Lord's church. You can't be a member of my church because I don't have a church, okay? Uh, we, all, we all come to God's church together in this location. But people say, oh, I went to that man's church for four months. I, I missed five weeks, and he never called me, never came to see me. I'm mad at him. Don't be mad at me. I'm not mad at you. And here's the reality. I'm not the one that left. You met me here. I kept coming. They, they, you didn't. So, I mean, we, we, we're not going to. I never 
one time when I got saved, never one time did they have to wonder, man, it's good seeing you in church today again. I just want to say I'm praying for you constantly, and I thank God. I love it when people walk in aisle and get saved, say they walked in aisle and get saved, and then they show up to church and keep showing up to church and let God change their life. See, when I got saved, they didn't have to ask me if I was going to come to church. They never had to call me, and that was one of them churches. They, they called you if you missed. They, they show up at your house if you missed. And, and, and they would have that horrible, horrible excuse. Uh, like, well, we missed you in church today, Brother John. That's code speak for, uh-huh, laid out of church. What, was you drunk? You just hate God now? That's code speech for religious hatred and judgmentalism. We missed you in church. Now, we do try to keep up with the membership of our church. You're like, well, y'all don't care enough to see anybody? No, we have assigned every member in this church a deacon family. We have husband and wife deacon family teams in this church. And if you don't have a deacon calling you on the regular, praying for you on the regular, then you need to put it on a card, I want a deacon family. Some of y'all don't ever give our deacons anything to pray about. You are missing the boat. You are missing out. These are praying men and women. These are praying men and women who have been asked by the senior pastor of this church to reach out and care and love for people. So let's find out when people are in the hospital. Let's find out how their children are doing. Let's find out how mama and grandmama is doing, and let's be praying for each other. But they never had to track me down. When I first got saved, man, I fell in love with God. I fell in love with his church, but we live in a different day and age now. That was 38 years ago. We live in a different time now when church attendance is, is falling. A smaller percentage of people go to church now in America than any other time in the history of our church. When Now, you, you can debate, you can argue about the founding of this country. Was this country really founded by Christians? And, and there's some room for debate there. A lot of them obviously were. They made no qualms about it. They spoke about Jesus. They spoke about the Bible. But listen, everybody's name that you know from history class in third grade wasn't really a Christian and wasn't even really a, a president. I'll give you one people confuse all the time as a president. Ben Franklin was never a president in the United States. Am I right? And Ben Franklin was never a Christian. Okay, so all of the people in the early days uh, of this country, a lot of them were, many of them were. That was a portion of the reason why they came here. I, I like what uh, one pastor said, Jerry Falwell said, all his family were con men and hustlers. And while some people fled from England on, on the Mayflower to come over here and seek religious freedom and develop a brave new world, his family's goal was to take advantage of the suckers. So everybody that came to this country didn't come with a heart for God just to do something great. But there was a lot of that. And church has been such a big part of the fabric of our country from its inception. But it's getting less and less and less. You know, people thought it was really bad. A lot of people bashed President Obama uh, when he got elected because he stood up and said, America is no longer a Christian nation. And people just freaked out and went wild on the president. And I'm like, why are y'all mad at President Obama for telling the truth? He said, America is no, no longer a Christian nation. It's a nation full of Muslims and, and, and Christians and all types of religions and non-religions. 
And as hard as that might be for some people to hear, that's bad. And then, you know, when President Obama was, was going around kissing rings on Muslim leaders, uh, and, and, and then they wanted to bash on him, or maybe he's a closet Muslim. Uh, well, now we got a new president. Uh, he don't even hide stuff. He just put it on Twitter at 4 o'clock in the morning. You can see it all. So, I mean, obviously America is going in a bad direction. Obviously America is not at the level. Some of y'all at my age and older, I, I've, told, I've told my sister my whole life, it must be hard. I can remember being a teenager watching America get wild. Her and I went to see my dad. My parents got divorced when I was young. We lived in England. People wonder where my accent is. I went to grade school in England. It, you know, kind of held over. But they got divorced after my second grade, and we came back here. Well, when I got in high school, we went to stay with my dad for summer. We hadn't seen him the whole time in between there. We go to England. It's like 1978, I think, 77, 78, somewhere in there. And we go to England, and it was wild. It was purple hair and green hair. It was shaved head on this side. long. All the stuff you see today, they were doing that in England in the 70s. It, it was nose rings attached to cheek uh, safety pins attached to earrings over here, wrapped down around, uh, just wild stuff. And we were like, wow. I mean, we left our little Christian community. We went over to England and thought, man, these people. And the reality is many countries in England, I mean, in Europe right now, have a uh, church attendance of less than 10%. In Belgium, where one of our pastors, pastor over there, that we uh, partner with, his country has less than 2% of the population going to a Christian church. Could you imagine? You're like, oh, well, that never could happen in America because America's God's chosen. No, it's not. Israel is God's chosen people. Israel is God's chosen country. Y'all, y'all, y'all keep, hey, y'all better pray for this woman that keeps putting her mouth on Israel every week. This, this new congresswoman just trying to catch headlines by, by bashing God's people. Uh, you know, you reap what you sow. Let me keep going because some of y'all, y'all were happy when I was talking about your guy, but now y'all mad. I see a pattern. A pattern of less people going to church. I was, I was telling you about, I used to think about old people and think, man, it must be rough, the stuff they've seen, the change they've seen. I was thinking about the changes I'd seen by the time I, I got in high school. Then, then when I went off into the Army, I, I, I saw even more change. And then I look now, and it's like, man, you know, they, they told us, Y2K. Some of y'all wasn't even born before that. But, man, they had people saying, oh, there's going to be tanks rolling down 103rd Street. It's going to be mass anarchy. Not going to be any water in the Walmart. Uh, all the computers are going to shut down. The world's going to come to Well, that came and went. But I can remember as a kid, how many of y'all remember 2001, A Space Odyssey? Man, I used to sit back and think, 2001, Lord, man, I'll be, what, 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 I'll be in 2000, I'll be like 30, 38 years, I'll probably be dead, but I thought I'd be an old man in a wheelchair by 2001, but I saw the change that happened coming into the 2000s, the change that happens in, in the 2010s, uh, so, so the funniest commercial on TV, YouTube this commercial. We, some of y'all just don't want to be happy about the Lord. I'll give you something to laugh at. YouTube that commercial. I hope somebody knows what it is. I don't even know what, it, what they're doing. But it's like two four-year-old or two fourth graders on the playground mocking the second graders and how easy they've got it now. Oh, when we were in second grade, uh, we, you know, oh, it, it was a, it, it was a ju juice box. 
uh, yeah, they were talking about how hard life was on them now and, and how easy to say. It, it's, I hear these teenagers like, back when I was young, You get that same look from me if you're in your 40s uh, and say that. Uh, you get that look from Uncle Ken be like, you know, back when I was young, in your 60s, he'd look at you like, you're still young. But change happens whether you like it or not. And most of the change I've seen in my lifetime uh, in regard to morality, to spirituality, to Christianity, to the Lord's church has been in Decline. I'll give you my favorite one, and we'll get, get done with this thing. I can remember, uh, I don't think I was alive. I think it was a show that was in the 50s. I didn't come along to 63, but they showed it a lot when I was a kid. It might have been in the 60s. But Elvis Presley, y'all heard of that name? Elvis Presley was on a TV show. It was like the Oprah show. It was the daytime TV show everybody watched. Uh, what was that old dude's name? Ed Sullivan. Ed Sullivan show. You know that, but you don't know two out of three ain't bad. Come on, help me out. I didn't sleep last night. So Elvis was on this show, and he was singing his little, you know, thing. And they had to film him on television from the chest up because what he was doing from the waist down was so god-awful vulgar it wasn't fit for television. Okay, now, we, you know, we ain't got no small babies in the room, so I'll show you god-awful vulgar that couldn't get on television uh, when, when, I, when I was little. That right there, that was like, oh, no, can't do that. He's calling attention to all. Uh, now, man, go ahead and flip on a video today. You'd be like, do you know, now listen, if the world continues for another 20 years, I remember that white snake video when they had that red-headed girl, Tawny Katane, get on top of the hood of that car and make love to that long-haired rocker. On, on the, and I'm like, they done gone all out. You know, looking at that compared to what's on TV now 30 years later, that looks like some G-rated Sunday school lesson uh, uh, about how to stay away from long-haired rednecks with guitars in their hand compared to what they got showing now on the TV and on the radio. What am I saying? It's going this way. Say that way. It's going that way. And if we keep living, man, we're already to the point. We're to the tipping point right now. We're to the tipping point. Depending on what survey you look at, we are at that 50%. Some surveys go as high as 70, some go as low as 30. The reality is we're right in a 50% realm right now of people who go to church on a weekly basis in this country. We've never been below 50% in this country until right now we're at that tipping point of going below. And I will tell you something, once it goes below, it goes quick. Once, once the, every, you know people, if you've been around for any length of time, you know people who used to be in church all the time. They don't go now. They, they outgrew it. Not for them. You know, it, they used to go, but now mm, it, it's passe to them. It's blasé. It's, it, it's not their thing anymore. But I, but I want to tell you that the same God that, that they used to love to go to church for and sing his praise is still on the throne of heaven looking for somebody to come and sing his praise. I always love going to church. Last, last week I talked to you about the importance of your why. 
I said, you need to know what to do, but you need to know why you're doing what you're doing. Because if you know what to do, but you're not sure why you do it, then you're not going to do it for very long. If you know what to do, but you don't have a really strong reason why you're doing it, you'll give up on it. Like working out. A perfect example. You got Deacon Dixon. Raise your hand, Deacon. You got Deacon Dixon, and you got me. We both know. We're both United States Army. Uh, of course, he did uh, all the years and made all the rank. I did some of the years and made a whole lot less rank. But I, I was, uh, I led PT. I, 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 I forget the name. I, I took the class. I forget the name of the class right now. I ain't had any sleep. Uh, you had to be certified to, to lead PT. And I was that guy. I, I was also, you know, 70 pounds lighter um, and, and about an inch taller. You know, two broken backs and a neck surgery would do you in. But so I've learned, I know about working out. I know what to do when you go to work out. Deacon Dixon knows what to do when you go to work out. We just have a different why. If you ask him, why, why do you go to work out? He'll say, because I love it. I like the results. I, I, I like to stay in shape. He's got a why that kept him going. I didn't have a good enough why, like, Pastor Scott, do you know that if you worked out, if you, if you uh, burn off the calories that you were eating, if you worked out more than you ate, if you put some cardio in there, you could lose some weight and have, I know all that stuff. I just don't have a strong commitment to it. I don't have a why to it. I, I got an anti-why. Why should I do it? I'm healthy. <laughs> why should I do it? Somebody's got to be comfortable. You know what I'm saying? We're sitting there in food and clothing. Uh, that one, that was last the week before last. We're sitting in food and clothing the week before last. Everybody's getting everything together. Uh, Brother John was in there. A lot of people were in there. I'm not gonna call everybody's name, but we we were and and Deke, Deke was hungry. he's walking around talking. I'm hungry, uh, and everybody was like, "You love these cinnamon buns? Go ahead and get you here. We got some of these cinnamon buns. You're like, oh, I can't do it. And I'm like, see, that's the difference right here. Our why is on a whole different level. Why can't he do it? Because he's trying to stay swole. Why can't I do it? Because I'm trying to stay round. <laughs> Pastor, when are you going to get in shape? Round is a shape. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hey, uh, hey uh, my, my body's built for comfort, not for speed. Somebody got to feel good on the couch. <laughs> We're sitting in the office. What, what day was that? You, you worried you missed your workout. Friday? Thursday? One day this week. Thursday? We're sitting in the office. We're talking, and, and he messed around and realized, you got to call him more. As soon as the phone rings, he'd be sitting in there for two hours, three hours talking. He's like, oh, what time is it? Before he even answers the phone, he'll, he'll look and see what time it is because you're wondering why he ain't at his workout. And he'll be like, oh, I, I don't even know if I'm going to have time to, to get in my in, – but, but he, he already worked out that morning, but he got to get in some more. And I'm like – I don't have a why for why I would do that. Anybody just like, I ain't got no why to do that. Why he does it, he's got a reason. Say reason. If your reason is not strong enough for why you do what you do, you will give up. Why you stay married. Why you don't throw your kids out when they need to be thrown out. Uh, why you ain't in prison. Why, why you just don't lose your mind and, and go rob a bank. I mean, why you better have a good why. Say why. So we talked last week about why we should serve the Lord. Today I'm going to talk to you about why you should come to church. I'm going to give you some reasons why we as the people of God should uh, value coming to church. Now, if you've got a lot of religious cliches in your head because you hung around too many churchy folk, 
you probably heard the expression, we don't go to church. We are the church. Well, that is, listen, false on its face. That is inaccurate by its very premise of its own wording. To say we don't go to church, we are the church, is inaccurate. To be accurate, they would have to change that and say we go to church and we are the church. Because if you are the church, now I get what they're saying. The church ain't the bricks and the steeple, it's the people. We are the church at work, at home, we're in our bed, driving down the road. We are the church. We're the blood-bought church, whether we're in this building or not. But I want you to know the church goes to church. And people saying, you know, we don't have to go. I'm going to talk to you about them in a minute. But we need to have definitions about God things from God. This is where so many people develop bad theology. They try to understand what God is saying, who God is, what God wants to do, without using God's understanding of what he says it is. Now, to you, a whatchamacallit uh, might, might be, you know, if, if you're working on a car and you tell somebody that you're a helper, bring me that whatchamacallit, and they've been around you so long, they know what you're talking about, it might be something different to somebody else. You have to have the right understanding from the right source, and God is our source for all things spiritual. So we need to know what God thinks the church is when we talk about what the church is. Now, the English word in our Bible for church comes from a Greek word because the New Testament was primarily written in Greek. It comes from a Greek word, ekklesia, which is a combination of two Greek words, which is very common for their language. They merge two words together to make one word with a larger meaning. Two words, ek which means out of, and kaleo, which means to call. So, ecclesia is the ones who've been called out, or more commonly said, the called out ones. But I want to give you a definition from the most respected Greek dictionary in the history of Christian Bible study. Thayer's Greek dictionary says this. This is the definition that they give. A gathering of citizens called out from their homes into some public place for a very important meeting. The original meaning of ecclesia was like more like what we would call a modern-day city council meeting, where people were told, get out of your house, come to this meeting because it's very important. This is the understanding that has the, that it, what we do now as churches derive from. So let me ask you this. Do you feel like you were called out of your home today for a very important meeting, or just for some same old, same old, we may as well show up because it's Sunday. That's going to determine whether or not it's church for you. That's going to determine whether or not it's God for you. If you just come because it's Sunday and we're supposed to go to church, then it's just going to be religion to you. But if you believe that you have been invited by a higher power to a very important meeting that you're supposed to be at, then it's going to take on a whole different meaning. For That's what church is. It's a calling out of a specific group of people to a very important meeting. The problem is church becomes same old, same old. Everybody in the world that claims Christ at one point was a Catholic, studied history. That's what the holy wars were about. They killed everybody who wouldn't become a Catholic, and they tried, they tried to dominate the entire world with 
Catholicism. So religion in the world, primarily for the Christian world, was about Catholicism. But that became so ritualistic. That became, if I was born into the Catholic Church. I know what I'm talking about. If, how many people have been in, in part of a Catholic Church? It's stand up, sit down, stand up, come in, kneel, stand up, sit down, stand up, sit down, listen, say what he says. He'll read something. You respond. He, he'll, he'll say, uh, the Lord be with you, and you got to throw right back at him. And there's all that. It's very ritualistic. It's very format driven. So what happened? People are like, I ain't down with that. I'm not trying to do all that. Let's put our own twist on it. So then you get denominations, and you get these different groups of people. They're like, I just ain't into all that sitting up, standing down. Let, let's be uh, Catholic light, you know, like Bud Light. Let, let's just be the same but less. Uh, and so the, then the Presbyterian church came in. Or, or, or not, not, not the Presbyterian, the Episcopalian church came in, and they're, they're like, well, and my kids ask me, and I typically have one of four answers I give them, but my kids be like, Dad, what's this church about? And one of my answers, well, they're just, you know, they're, they're, they're like Catholics, but a little bit less. You know, that's like, well, well what's Methodist about? Well, they're kind of like Baptists, but it ain't, 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 ain't as hard charging. Uh, but Episcopalians come in, and they're like, we believe pretty much what you believe, but we ain't going to do all that stand up, sit down, stand up, sit down, stand up, sit down. And so people are like, okay, well, we'll change. And so different denominations got their own little routines, but their routines became routines. So then what happened in the 70s, the non-denominational movement stretched out. And it took hold hard in the 80s and 90s. And, and, and people, I, I have people tell me all the time, they find out I'm a pastor. And they're like, oh, yeah, I, I, I pastor a non-denominational church. And the only thing I think every time I hear that, non-denominationalism is so prevalent in the world today, it's become its own denomination. That here, and here's what they do. They meet in warehouses or strip malls or schools or movie theaters. They, they have loud rock music. They lower the lights for their worship. They have a worship leader. Listen, we'll never have to accuse you of this, bro. They have a worship leader who wears skinny jeans, got frosted tips on his hair, blonde tips on his hair, wearing a puka shell necklace and some flip-flops. Okay, look on websites, you'll see it, you'll be like, oh, that's one of them. Listen, so you got all these different churches because people keep trying to get away from format. There's, got a, there's a format to everything. There's a format to the way you brush your teeth. You start on this side of your mouth or you start on this side of your mouth. There's a format to which arm you wash first in the shower. You wash this arm first if you're normal. You wash this arm first if you're schizophrenic. That's just how it is. Uh, there's a format to everything, so people try to bash church saying, well, it's just too, it's too much the same. I already know. They're going to come in. They're they going to sing. Ain't anybody going to show up on time. Uh, Minister Harris is going to get up and lead, and some people are going to drift in. Pastor's going to be hiding over there in the corner because he thinks he all that, and, and eventually he's going to come in and say something funny. People are going to laugh. He's going to preach forever, take up all the money, and let, finally let us go. If that's all you get out of coming to church, you are a religious person that does not understand the special nature of being called into a place for a specific special meeting. And I want to get your why changed this morning. Let me give you four reasons real quick why we should go to church. Number one, best reason I can give you because Jesus went to church. You will call yourself Christian? You got to do like Christ did. You want to say that you've given your life to follow Jesus Christ and his teachings, that's what being a Christian means, then you've got to do 
what Jesus did. You don't need to get a bracelet. Get one if you want to. Get the t-shirt, the lunchbox, the hat, the bandana, the scarf, the do-rag, the socks, all WWJD yourself top to bottom. But if you really want to know what would Jesus do, just read the Bible and find out. Because he never changes. He would do today what he did then. If Jesus was alive on this planet today in human form, I can promise you, if he was in this country, I can promise you where he'd be at 11 o'clock on Sunday morning. No doubt in my mind. Church. Jesus went to church. I'll take it one step further. Jesus went to church every day. The scripture says, as his custom was, he was in the church. He was in the temple. He was in the literal building. People are like, well, you know, the early church in the book of Acts, they, they, they had house church. This, th- see, this is probably the biggest lie that has been told to Christians in the last 50 years, that the early church, the, 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 the Pentecost church, the, the moving, exciting, dynamic church. Oh, they had, anybody, ever heard, anybody ever heard they had church in their houses? That ain't what the Scripture says. The Bible says they had church in the temple, and then they went to their house to break bread. They had church in the temple. They fellowship in houses. They met from house to house having fellowship and sharing life together, but they still went to church. you got to read the Scripture and find out what this is all about. But the first reason why you should go to church is because Jesus went to church. You want to be like the Lord? Listen to Luke 4.16. So he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up, and as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day, and stood up to read. Jesus was always going to church. And this is, why, this is where I get people. And I want, you, I, want you to be, I want you to know some things that you need to say when people hit you sideways and throw curveballs at you. you. You talk to somebody about the Lord, and they throw this at you. Don't start with me about coming to church. I don't have to, be, I don't have to go to church to be a Christian. And they're almost right, but they're not right, which means they're wrong. I mean, it's, I mean, it's like almost right is like almost pregnant. You is or you ain't. Uh, but they're, they're not, it's not right. You, they say, well, I don't have to go to church to be a Christian. Well, yes, literally you do because Christian means to be like Christ, to follow his life and teachings. And Jesus went to church, so if you're going to call yourself a Christian, you do have to go to church. Now, if you want to say, I don't have to go to church to get to heaven, well, that's true. If you want to say, I don't have to go to church to be saved and live in, live in paradise with God forever, then, then there's some truth to that. But Jesus went to church. If you believe that, say amen. amen. Second reason why we should go to church is because the apostles went to church. Listen to what the Bible says in Acts 3 and 1. Now, Peter and John went up together to the temple at the hour of prayer, which is the ninth hour. Three o'clock every day they went to church. You know why? Because that's what they did. They're, they had their why. They knew why they were going. And I wonder, do you have a good, strong reason as to why you're coming? Acts 17 and 2 says, as was Paul's custom, he went to the synagogue service. And for three Sabbaths in a row, he interpreted the scriptures to the people. Now, this isn't saying that he only went three Sabbaths in a row. It says it was his custom to go. But I wonder if I just, if I had it. We don't keep roll like that. If I had it in front of me, if, if I just went down and I just started checking, if I started with, with Deacon West and I just went all the way around the whole church, uh, okay, 
He was there for three Sabbaths in a row. You've been three in a row? You've been three? I know you've been three in a row. You've been three in a row? You, you, and I just go all the way around the church. Can you make that clock? Can you get there? It's, now, that doesn't make anybody better that, that's getting there, but it does say they're doing what God's told them to do. The majority of people don't come to church two weeks in a row. See, here's the thing about abundant life. This, this will blow your wig back, but this is every church in America. More members than people who show up. If you've been involved in church, you know that, Judy. I mean, you, you were pastor pastor wife for, for a long, long time. Y'all had churches that way different members on the roll than people showing up. Uh, but they still come to you every time they get in the tight. They just don't show up on Sunday. Uh, we have over 2,000 members of Abundant Life. I see them everywhere I go because me and, me and my sons eat out every night of the week, for real. We always eat out. Uh, we don't keep food in the house. We go out to a, eat together every night of the week. Uh, we run into a lot of people. I see people, at, and I uh, so where are you going to church now? Abundant life. That's my church. You know you're my pastor. Well, what do you mean? How are you going to ask me that? They'll leave. Jake, does it happen consistently? Because Jake's, Jake's seen it his whole life. He's 17 years old. He, he, he'll, he'll just know. He, he stopped saying do you know who that is? Don't you often say, you don't even know them, do you? You don't even know who they are, do you? And they'd be like, you go to Abundant Life, that's your church. I ain't seen you. I'm like, have you been to our new location? Listen, if you're still calling this the new location after five years, uh, if you haven't been to our new location, uh, you probably missed uh, more than three weeks in a row, amen, uh, but we have here probably, we probably have about a good uh, 60 people that show up every Sunday, we got another 50 to 100 uh, to 150 that just rotate once a month, once every three months, once every three three weeks, um, and and those, we, we got people who show and people who drift in and out, where are you at? Are, 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 you, are you one of those ones that, 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 is, that is really, really here when the doors open? Are you one of those, man, I come to church because I value church. I come to church because I know why I come to church. I come to church because Jesus went to church. I come to church because the apostles, you might be thinking, why is it so important that we do what the apostles did, listen to Scripture? See, you need to get your understanding from Scripture, not from preachers. You need to get your understanding from Scripture, not from books and movies and fairy tales and Christmas carols. Uh, Y'all, come around Christmas. I expose every Christmas carol lie that people sing on the regular. But listen to Ephesians 2.19. So now you Gentiles are no longer strangers and foreigners. You are citizens along with all of God's holy people. You are members of God's family. We are are his house. Pause on that. Comma. Pause on the punctuation. Take the Bible in bite-sized pieces so you can get it down in your spirit and digest it. I am going to continue to teach God's people how to understand Scripture for themselves. So when you read the Bible, you can get something out of it. One of the principles that I've taught you over the years is if the Scripture says we, who is it usually referring to? If it says they, who is it usually referring to? That's not always, but more times than not. We Christians 
people who follow the life and teaching of Jesus Christ, we are his house. Listen to what it says in description of that, built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets. Now just go ahead, go to Bible Trivia Night next time, go, go, go to your family reunion next time, go show up at Grandmama's house who's, uh, you know, a prophetess and no more scripture than anybody, and just ask. Flip it on her. You know, uh, great mama call everybody baby. Uh, y'all ever had one? Baby? Baby? Flip it on great mama one day and say, baby? Who is the foundation of the church? Now, what great mama is going to say, the Lord is the foundation of the church. Am I right? Yes. Amen and hallelujah. Uh, but what does the Bible say the foundation of the church is? Built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets. They're foundational to everything we do. What they did is foundational to everything that we do because these are the people that God used to set the structure. And it goes on to say, and the cornerstone is Christ Jesus himself. Now, you tell great mama that. Great mama already knows this verse. You, you try to bust great mama chops like that. Well, don't sass me, boy, about no apostles and prophets. The Lord, the cornerstone. And the cornerstone is the most important part of the foundation. So great mama is, is, is right, but you got to understand it is important that you know how the apostles lived and how the prophets lived because they are the ones that God used to form up the structure that we currently have. And the apostles went to church. All throughout the history of the Lord's church, people who claimed the name of Jesus Christ showed up on a regular basis. It was their habit. It was their custom. It was their life. It, they were showing up to church. They had a very strong reason why they went. Best reason is always going to be because Jesus went. But our faith is built on these teachings. Third reason, why you should go to church, because Jesus loves the church. The church ought to be important to you. I was sharing with somebody this week uh, in my office. I had the opportunity to, to, to uh, met a new friend, had spent some time with this uh, uh, wonderful uh, sing, single mother, came by the church. We were talking about the Lord and, and some other things. And I showed her the, the fellowship hall. It was all stacked up with food and clothing. Talked to her about the church and, and what we were doing here for the community, and her and I both agreed on this. You won't get a lot of preachers to agree on this, but we both agreed on this. Most churches ain't about nothing. Now, that's bad grammar because that's a double negative, which means they're doing a lot, but we know what we mean. Most churches aren't doing a lot. Most churches aren't about the people. Most churches aren't about the community. Most churches aren't about giving back. Most churches aren't about uh, changing and transforming a community, but I thank God she was able to see uh, that this wasn't, and I was able to agree with her. M most preachers don't care anything about the neighborhood that they're in or the people that live in that neighborhood. Uh, there are churches in this community where the pastor has told me, oh, we don't have anybody from this neighborhood coming to our church. All our people drive in from the other side of town. Well, why don't you pastor on the other side of town then? Free that up. I mean, don't 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 make me don't don't make me put a bid in on your building and just move into it. Uh, but most churches, honestly, and this is why a lot of people in this, in today's generation, younger people, people under forty five, uh, aren't even thinking about going to a church. And here's the reason why: because they already went. 
and they saw it to be bogus. They saw it to be false. They saw it to be doing nothing for nobody. But I want to tell you something. There still are God-called, blood-bought, Bible-loving churches that are doing something for the community. Because if you go to a church and they're not doing anything for the community, listen, I don't consider them a church. Well, who are you to make that? Hey, I'm just one dude. I'm just just a man from the west side of Jacksonville, uh, grew up on this side of town, been here my whole life. I'm just one person with an opinion, but I'll take it to a higher source. God doesn't call them a church. Because Jesus said you, you have to go out and love the people and meet their needs where they are and accept them. I want you to know that Jesus loves the real church. Because the real church is lovable. The real church is worthwhile. The real, when I hear people say, well, ah, church is bogus, church ain't helping nobody, church ain't doing no, nothing for the people, they just, they just taking money so pastor can live big. Um, and then there's a lot of that going on. But when I look at my life and my experience with church, the best people, I, I, I met this man right here, one of the closest people in the world to me. I met this man through church. And, and, and here's the thing, uh, real brothers in Christ uh, stick around. Uh, we, we've been through hell and high water. We, we watched our children go from little boys who had sleepover parties together to kids who are now, who are now in high school that are picking careers out. The, the best people I've ever known been in church. Sad to say, some of the worst people I've ever known been in church. There's good and bad. Don't let bad people, I told y'all, one of the biggest reasons people give for not coming to church, well, I don't go to church, too many hypocrites. Well, why are you going to Walmart? You go to Winn-Dixie? You go to, you go to your job? Let me, let me get even worse than that. You go to your bathroom and look at that hypocrite in the mirror when you brush your teeth. Mm. You go home, hopefully, uh, to, 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 to your hypocrite spouse. Why you, why, I don't believe you should call The Bible says everyone, I love the specificity of the Bible. I, I especially love the King James Version because it's a poetic language. It's an old English formal language. And they used to, put, they used to say things different. They used to say, because we say a book. We say a uh, toy. We say a hypocrite. That person is a hypocrite. That didn't go over in the King's English. Uh, with you want to say a word that started with an H, you had to say an. The, the scripture says everyone is an hypocrite. So let me ask you this. If the Bible says everyone is an hypocrite, are you a hypocrite? Well, then stop saying you can't go to church because all the hypocrites. You go to your bed at night and there's a hypocrite laying in your bed. There's good and bad. What, 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 what is a hypocrite? It's, it's, it's basically somebody who doesn't do everything they say that they should do. And that's, nobody, makes that, nobody makes that charge. Literally, for those of y'all who just like to know cool stuff, hypocrite is a thespian term. I got to be careful how I say that in 2019. It's a thespian term. Thespian has to do with what? Acting. It, 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 it is a stage term, and in early plays, the actors or actresses would be called thespians, and they would hypocrite. 
They would play multiple roles. They would come out with masks on their face. A man would be playing a woman. A woman would be playing a man. They'd be playing, one would be playing a devil, one would be playing an angel. And they would play multiple parts in the same. That still happens. People go backstage and change. People come out and do, do a different role. But when you play more than one part, that is where the word hypocrite came from. How many, how many of y'all know people act different in, in church when the church folk are acting than they act on Saturday night when they're in the club? Mm. Hypocrite. Two-faced. Say one thing and do another. At some point, everybody is that. But understand that Jesus loves the church. Now, don't put this one on the screen yet, Deke. Don't put number four on the screen yet. Because I want to tell you that this next one is dear to my heart. Because I was raised by a, an extremely uh, mean, hard, single mother. My, I'm, I love my mama, and, and she will tell you, uh, listen, my mama dyed her hair red her whole life because she felt like red matched her personality. She wanted to be that fireball. She couldn't get away with it as much as a brunette, so she started throwing flame in her hair so she could tell people, well, that's just how redheads are. Uh, my, my, I, I, I don't have a problem following rules. I don't have a problem following routines. I don't have a problem showing up on time. I don't have a problem doing what I'm told to do because I had a mama that gave me the same answer every time I said why. She gave the answer, and if I said why again, she hit me. So that cut a lot of that down, but her, listen, and this is still every great parent's answer today. It's God's answer. It's every great parent's answer. It's, it's what you need to adopt as proper answer. The fourth reason why we should go to church is because God said to. Amen. Amen. My mama, I'd even act like I was going to say why, because I said so, boy, don't ask me nothing stupid. Because I said so. You say, well that, well, that just doesn't work for intelligent children who are creative and who need to be exposed. I don't negotiate with terrorists. I do not. Tired of seeing people in public. Rich people, man, they negotiate with these little children like they got rights. Listen, my, I talk, I'm telling somebody today, my children don't have, they can't close their door. My children don't own a door. In my house, what, what part of what, what part of the what part of that price did they pay to own a door? Well, I'll go in my. my they can't go in my their room. They don't own a room. They they allowed a room that I give them in my house. They 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 can open and close my door when I say it's appropriate, lest I kick it off the frame. Uh, I don't play with that. Um, but these people, I see these people. And it's usually these rich, sophisticated people and negotiating with these little four-year-olds throwing a can of beans in the Publix. And they're like, don't throw the beans, Tommy, in, in the store. Why? And I just, I just get fear struck on me when I hear it. Don't you? Everybody was raised right just get a, just anxiety struck. I'm like, he asked her, why don't throw the bean? This little child reached up out of a out of a, a cage. We put them in, right? We put them in these cages, and you, you call it what you want. We put them in these cages to lock them down. And this child reached up out of a cage, grabbed a can of beans, and threw it down. Could have hit somebody. And he, why? Well, because it's not nice to throw the beans. Why? 
because you might hurt somebody with the beans. Why? Because if the can of beans, lady, shut up and tell that kid, because I said so. You're going to stand there for 300 hours telling that kid, but why? But why? But why? But why? You are raising an idiot. You are raising an incompetent fool who will not work well in structure. You are raising somebody who will never get promoted on their job. They will get discharged from the United States Army. They will never make it in life because they don't know how to do what they're told just because they were told. See, some of y'all got to be able to figure out everything. You still put why in God. Why has it got to be this way for me? Why is my, just, just buck up and do it. Man, I had a stepdad, one of many. Uh, he was mean as the devil too. And, but he said some true stuff in his life. He said some horrible stuff, but he said some true stuff. Uh, when he first moved in, uh, before I realized that he was going to, you know, choke me unconscious, beat me in the face with a shovel, leave me laying in a pile of blood, uh, he, he said some stuff that made some sense and, and because I was living that way. And now I changed real quick. Uh, you know, pain is a motivator, but especially when you're 12. Uh, now, I'm not advocating that, but, you know, I, I can tell you it, it'll change you. Um, he said in the first year he, he, was, he was living in our house, he said, boy, you work harder at getting out of work than it would take just to do it. It sounds like your kid. That's what our kids do. I mean, they're like they're just going through all them changes. I don't want to take out the trash. Why do I have to take out the trash? He didn't do the dishes. Why he? She didn't do. She didn't pick hers up. Why do I? And all that you could have been done by now. Children, let parents let these little terrorists negotiate with them. Listen, God is large and in charge. And if God said to do it, you, you go, hey, you better go Shakespearean on them. You, you better go with some old school logic. Ours is not to reason why. Ours is but to do or die. That's, that's real thinking right there. Why, why should we go to church? Because God said to. Listen to our opening text in Hebrews 10.25. Let us. All right. Let me get it on the screen. Hebrews 10.25. Let's use some sound principles. Let's use some sound Bible understanding. And let us, if the Bible says us, it's usually talking to who? All right, so this, this is how Christians look at things. Let us not neglect our meeting together, comma. That comma means that's cause for pause. That comma means stop and think about that. That comma means that is a statement that can stand by itself. Christians should not neglect our meeting together. Now, here, and this is what I tell people all the time. Nobody can come to everything we do. Our church is open all week long, ministry going on all the time. There's, there's, there's too much to any, for anybody to show up. Some of y'all try, man. Uh, so, hey, I thank God. We, we got about 18 people in, in a church that, that, that make more services than I do. You're getting it in. I'm telling you what. Uh, you just here at everything. Uh, but everybody can't be at everything. And I don't expect anybody to be at everything. And that's why I say come if you can and what? Pray for us if you can't. You're not going to be at everything. But if you're not here, it ought to be for a reason. It ought to be because you got called into work. It ought to be because you had to do something different. It ought to be because you weren't feeling good. It ought to be because something happened that kept you away. It shouldn't be, I just didn't feel like going. Do y'all know how many times I don't feel like going? Hey, Lord. 
My kids know. I told them today at Burger King, I should have just called. I should have called. Well, I, I should have I should just called Elder Keon, had him preach this morning. I ain't had any sleep. My back's hurting. I'm tired. My head, my head's about to explode. Listen, I if I stayed home every time I felt like it, listen, you could just pencil me out on this stupid clock change. I would never come on clock change day. That's another reason I didn't go to bed last night. I was so mad about the clock change, I couldn't calm down. I'm sitting there looking. Got this new phone thinking, is this thing going to update? I don't even have a real alarm clock like grown folk ought to have. I, I'm living off this, this phone alarm. I'm thinking, what if it don't change? So I'm like, well, I can't go to sleep. I got, I'm going to be looking at it. That thing, that thing went from 159 to 3 o'clock. I'm like, well, the phone changed. Now it's 3 o'clock. So I got to get up at 7. Nah, I may as well. I, I ain't even need. And don't come just because you want to. If you're not here, it ought to be for a reason. You just shouldn't be neglecting it. Because if you lay there long enough, you'd be like, hmm, I think my back's hurting today. Of course it is. You get up and go to work Monday through Friday every day at 7, 8, 9 o'clock in the morning, but 10.30 just too early to get up on Sunday. You go to work every day and let a half idiot tell you what to do and what not to do, but you come into a church full of people that love you, a God that loves you, that gave you a book. I tell you what God says, and you want to roll your eyes. Well, who are you to tell me what to do? I don't, uh, you don't tell your boss that. Well, some of y'all do. That's why y'all can't keep a job. Let me keep going. He said, don't let us neglect our meeting together. This is church, as some people do. Now, if you don't know, if you can't read between the lines, uh, if, if you tell your kids, hey, y'all don't act ignorant like some do, that's a shot. That's a shot across the bow. That's a dig. That's a burn. That's a roast. There, hey, you don't want to be some people, and you don't want to do what some people do. You want to be us and not some people. There's, there's some people in this room, and there's us in this room. But there's a whole lot of some people that didn't even come, and they're proving that to some people because they neglect the meeting. He says, but encourage and warn each other. When we come to church, we ought to be encouraging each other, and we ought to be warning each other. But the Bible says if you warn somebody, do it in the spirit of love and meekness, knowing that you could be guilty too. You, you know, you, 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 you see something going on, you know, pull somebody off to the side. And be like, uh, you know, bro, your wife saw you talking to that sister pretty long ago. You might trying to say you know that uh that that's why we side hug at abundant life amen you see these people coming up on on, on somebody just oh let me get my hug in <laughs> that ain't christian i mean see men have perfected it men have perfected it uh, just shoulder in and get out uh warn each other we encourage each other. We tell each other what's right and what's wrong. He said, especially now that the day of his coming again is drawing near. The scripture believed 2,000 years ago. The writer of this scripture, who I firmly believe is the Apostle Paul, and I think you got bad hermeneutic if you disagree. See, the book of Hebrews, the authorship is, is debated, whether it was Paul or some unknown author. But here Paul is saying that the, his coming back is near. Well, if his coming back was near 2,000 years ago, it's closer now, ain't it? So even more so for us, we ought not to be laying out. We ought not to be neglecting the meeting. We ought to be getting up 
into church. Put verse 24 it's all the way to the front, the first scripture that was in Biggie Mike, verse Hebrews 10, 24. This is what it says should go down at church. Think of ways to encourage one another to outbursts of love and good deeds. If the church was doing this, if the church was known for this, then we would have to go, like when we were on College Drive, we were having three services on Sunday. Uh, we would have to be going back to, to stuff. If, if the church, churches around the country were known, listen, man, they just, have, they just love on folk. They just do good stuff all the time. They're just loving on people and doing good stuff, and they're doing good stuff, and they're loving on people. Think of ways to encourage. When you come to church, you ought to come to church on a mission. I'm, I'm going to bless somebody today. My smile, um, I, 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 I'll hug, hug somebody's neck. I'm, I'm going to search out somebody and tell them I'm glad to see them. Listen, here's the cool thing. I'm, I'm going to give you all the preacher out. You ready for the preacher out? Uh, my kids see this all the time. And, and don't check me because if you try to check me on this, I'll, I'll, I'll say your name wrong on purpose. Uh, you, if you don't know everybody's name, good morning, sister. Oh, good to see you in church today, bro. You don't have to know anybody's name to throw that at them. Like, well, I don't know. I, I was going to say hi to the couple in the back, but I, wouldn't, I, I, didn't, I forgot their name. You don't have say hi. Be an encouragement. When we come to church, it ought to be to encourage each other so that we can bust forth with love and good deeds. Real quick, and I'm over time, but listen to the benefits because I want you to have this why strong in your mind. Number one benefit from being in church, the presence of the Lord is here. Psalm 22, 3 says that God inhabits the praise of his people. When we gather together, there's a corporate anointing. Listen, if you choose for it to hit you, it will. If you choose not, it won't. There are some people that come in like, I felt the Lord in service. That song ministered to me. That, 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 and other people are like, nah, it's been better. I wasn't feeling it today. That's exactly right. You get a gold star because you told the truth. You wasn't feeling it today. Not that it wasn't going on. It's just that you weren't feeling it because you didn't choose to feel it. Because the presence of the Lord, I love that, I love that chorus, man. Y'all ought to get some good gospel music in your head. The presence of the Lord is here. I feel it in the atmosphere. You ought to be, you ought to connect to the presence. Well, I don't feel no anointing. I just like the, I've had people tell me, Pastor Scott, I, I'm, I'm, just from a, I'm just from a different background of church. Uh, you know, I, I like your teaching, but I, 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 I need a preacher who flows in the anointment. Okay, well, your grammar's bad. Uh, but, but what, and and I've, I've questioned that for years. And what, what they mean is, they want the last 25 minutes of every sermon to be a hoop and a holler. They, they want sweat flying and, and people standing and clapping and throwing money on the altar. Nah, ain't the Lord all right? Ain't the, ah, and just screaming and sing-songing. And listen, that, and, and everybody leaves and like, oh, wasn't it? The anointment was strong today. Bishop was preaching. Well, what was he preaching about? I don't know, but he was sure preaching. You're not learning anything. You're just going through motions at that point. But it's not in the volume of the preacher. It's not in the antics of the speaker. It's not in the quality of the singer. 
See, this is what we mistake. We mistake in this generation talent for anointing. People hear some, somebody saying, like, oh, you know that was the Holy Ghost. I just had chill bumps, Holy Ghost bumps. Oh, uh, Listen, you go to a good con, let Aretha Franklin sing. You'll get goosebumps. Go, go out to Vegas and sit through a Celine Dion show. You'll hear everybody stand up on the back of your no- neck when she hits a high note. Talent and anointing is different. If you can't find anointing outside of your comfort zone, then you're not connecting to what God is doing. But the presence of the Lord is always here because Jesus said in Matthew 18, 20, where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst of them. God can't lie. The Lord said, if there's two or three of y'all, at least two or three of y'all, you gathered in my name, I'm right there in the middle. I want you to know Jesus is right in the middle of everything we're doing right now. The Lord, God Almighty, is in this room. We've welcomed him into this place. We've gathered together in his name. We've recognized his presence. If you didn't feel it, that's on you. You, 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 you got you to connect to what God is trying to do in your life. The second benefit for coming to church is obedience brings blessings. We've been instructed by the word to be in church. And Joshua 1.8 says that when we do what the word says, we'll become prosperous and have good success. I know so many people that want life to get better, but they won't get better. Y'all miss that. That, that, That's probably the best thing I can say. Uh, There's so many people want life to get better, but they won't do better. They won't get better. They won't sow nothing. They want to reap where they have not sown, and it doesn't work that way. They they want finances to get better, but they won't pay the tithe and give an offering on top of the tithe. They want their joy. They want their joy to get better, but they won't give joy to nobody else. They want people to help them, but they ain't helping nobody. This is not how the kingdom works. We live in a sowing and reaping. you got to put something out there to get something out of it, and prosperity and success can come your way. If you do what the word says in James 1.25, the scripture says, If you keep looking steadily into God's perfect law, the law that sets you free, and if you do what it says and don't forget what you heard, then God will bless you for, look at it, doing it. Why should we come to church? Because God said to come to church, and you got to do what he says if you want him to bless you for doing it. You ought to just look up to God today on your way out of this parking lot and just say, Lord, you told me to come to church, and I did it. Thank you for the blessing coming my way. Thank you, God. You're going to bless me because I saw in your perfect law the law that sets me free. I'm not going to forget what I heard you said. Not to neglect our meeting together. God, I did not neglect this meeting today. I came because you said to do it, and you promised that you would bless me for doing it. Thank you for the blessing coming. Last benefit I'm going to give you today for uh, coming to church because it keeps us on track. See, real saved people admit their struggle. Real saved people admit, they're like, man, I get all fired up on Sunday morning. I'm shot out by 2 o'clock in the afternoon. I wish, you know, well, I need to come back. 
Real saved people be like, I need that midweek Bible study to get my head back together. I can't, I can't go seven days. I, can't, I just can't be Sunday to Sunday church going. I, I need to get around some Christian. All them hateful people I got in my life, all these devils chasing me, all this bad, this, this, this system we're living in. Man, I got to get that, that nasty off me and come get around some saints that love the Lord and get my encouragement back up. That don't make you weak. That makes you honest. In Ephesians 4, 11, the Scripture says that, Jesus is the one who gave these gifts to the church. This is the five-fold ministry that you got to be connected to. Apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. Verse 12 says their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church. My responsibility as a five-fold minister is to give you the tools that you need so that you can do God's work and build up the church. Now, here's the reality. I've got to build up the church around the world because I'm a part of the worldwide church. But I've got my role here is as a five-fold minister of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ to equip you with the proper tools, strategies, thoughts, concepts, and truths so that you can do the work of the church and build this place up because the church is the body of Christ. Well, how long is this going to last? Glad you asked. Verse 13 Last verse I'm going to give you gives you the answer. Do this until we come into such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature and full-grown in the Lord, measuring up to the full stature of Christ. How long are we going to need pastors in our life? How long are we going to need to keep coming to church? Because some people think that they got mature and now they do house church. You know what house church is full of? Bitter people who don't want to be under the authority and the accountability and the fivefold ministry of a pastor, an apostle, a prophet, a, a, a teacher, an evangelist who will hold them in accountability is full up of people who think that they've outgrown the church. But listen, we got to do all this until we come to such a place of unity in our faith and in our knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature and full-grown in the Lord. When you think you are mature and full-grown in the Lord, I wish you'd come see me. I tell you what, I make this vow to you right now. If you can convince me that you are completely mature and fully grown, completely in all the ways of the Lord, I will give you my check and not even make you preach. You can preach you want to. We'll put your name on. Uh, you can have my desk. My office and everything else, we are, we are not, I hope you know, we are never going to be in this life full grown, complete all the way. Listen, measuring up to the full stature of Christ. I'm, I'm as grown as Jesus, Doc. Nothing left you can teach me. You don't need to give me no tools. You ain't got to equip me. I got all the tools. I'm full grown in Jesus. I got everything that needs to be. I, I, listen, we are not there. And we need each other. What did the choir say today? I need you. Listen, you need me. And I need you. We're in this together. We're supposed to be encouraging each other. Not gossiping and judging and backbiting. Encouraging each other till love breaks out. And good deeds surround everything that we've got going on. I said all that to say I want you to love coming to church. I know there are people that this morning thought, oh, I guess we'll go. 
may as well. It's Sunday. We're supposed to go. I want you to get past what you're supposed to do, and I want you to do what you love doing. I want you to connect with the anointing of God, the presence of God. If nobody else feels the Holy Ghost in, in the building, I want you to feel the Holy Ghost because you know He's here. And He is here because He promised He's here. We gathered in His name, and He's here. See, the reality is if you, if you come to church because you love something about the church, a specific ministry, in the church, something that's going on at the church, if you come because you love something uh, about the church, you eventually will stop coming because you, you'll stop loving that thing. Why? Because things change. So that, that's not a good why. why. Why do you come? Oh, I, I come because I love such and such ministry. Well, what happens if you stop loving such and such ministry? I guess you just be out of gas. See, some people come because they love to preach that, that's, that's, a, that's a horrible reason to come. I want you to love me, but don't come to church because you love me. Get a better why than that. I've given you plenty of better reasons why than that because the reality is if you come because you love me, as soon as I say something you don't like and you get mad at me, you're going to stop coming. If you come because you love people, I just love sister so-and-so. I just love brother so-and-so. I just, I just feel comfortable in that church because I love. Listen, people change. Things change. People change. Things are not a good enough reason why to do what you're supposed to do. You need a good reason why. You know you should come. The Bible says you should come. But you need a good reason why. And because you like what you see going on, that could change. Because you like who you see on Sunday, that could change too. But if you come because you believe God is real, and you love God and you want to obey God and do what God told you to do, then you'll have strength to endure because you'll have the right why. Why do you keep going to that? You're still going, you're still going to that church. They didn't move six times. You're still going to that church. Pastor says he's dysfunctional. You're still going to that church. He said he got issues. You're still going to that church over there. They fixed the parking lot yet. You're still going to that church over there. Y'all still parking in mud. Uh, we don't come to the church because we think the pastor's perfect, the ministry's perfect, the parking's perfect, there's no mud in the street. We, that's, not, that's not none of our why. The real Christians in the room, we come because we love God, and God will never change. Things will change. People will change. Some of these churches, long-standing churches, listen, it's been my, my staff can tell you, that my, one of my great desires for this ministry is that this ministry will outlive me. I've seen great churches. When the pastor died or retired, the churches fell apart, folded up, and ceased to exist. Don't y'all dare. Don't, don't y'all let me have, have, have given 18 years of my life, buried a wife in this place, raised two children by myself in this place, broke my back twice and broke my neck once in this place. Don't y'all let me have been giving all of my money to this ministry and advancement of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ just to say, well, Pastor Scott ain't there no more. We just have find us a new church. You shouldn't be coming for people. You shouldn't be coming for things. You ought to be coming because God told you to go and you know that the Lord is here when you show up and you're going to come for God. I wish five people would say amen. I want you to endure. The Bible says that in the last days there will be a great falling away. There's going to be a lot of people that just done, out, gave up, 
They were coming for the wrong thing. They didn't have the right reason why. Why do I keep getting up? Why do I keep going? I've had, I've had some of y'all, some of y'all have, have, have told me, Pastor Scott, man, I, I just respect the fact that even after all you've been through, you, 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 you keep showing up, you keep standing up, you keep stepping up to the plate. I don't do all that just because I got strong willpower and strong determination. I do that because I serve a real God, got a real call on my life, and because I'm going to keep serving God. Hey, listen, if you're just sticking around, I, I've heard people say, I'm going to outweigh him. If you if you if you really think you're sticking around because you're waiting to see me fall and give up on God, there is nothing that could happen in my life that would cause me to give up on God. My why is too strong. Why do I keep serving God? Why don't I get? Because He don't give up on me. Because He loves me for real. Because when I was unlovable and lost in my sin, His Son Jesus Christ showed Himself to me and became real to me. Because God has been too much for me for me to ever quit. I got a real reason why I come to church and it ain't for the people, it ain't for the music and it sure ain't for the parking lot and it ain't for the paycheck. I come to a real church because there's a real God in heaven who loves me and gave his son for me and he'll never give up on me and I'm never going to give up on him and I pray today in Jesus name that you fall in love with the God that is in love with you and you just determine for the Lord I'll live and for the Lord I'll die and you can't chase me away from God. You can't push me away from God. You can't stop me from reading this book. You're never going to get between me and God. My why is too strong. I used to love that song we used to sing. But then I realized I can't all the way say it. We used to sing a song, a great gospel song. It said, I almost gave up. Said I felt like I couldn't take life anymore. But you know, even in the times where I thought I might be leaning that that direction, I thank God for a God who holds on. See, God is holding on to you even when you're trying to let go. God is holding your hand even when you're pulling away. God is chasing you down when you're running from Him. Why? Why in 2019 with things so messed up in the world? Why am I still showing up? Why am I still paying tithes and giving offerings? Why am I still reading my Bible, saying my prayers, and making good choices? Because God has not changed. The God that saved me on July 15th, 1981 is the same today. He's just still worth praising and he's still worth obeying. Some of y'all, you don't love him like you used to love him. Your why got messed up. You know what you should do. Your why just hadn't been strong enough to do it. Some of y'all used to wouldn't miss a man up. We're having less men show up to man up now than we've ever had. Some of y'all, some of y'all wouldn't miss a men's meeting. Some of y'all wouldn't miss woman's Bible study. Some of y'all wouldn't even dare miss cards night. You were going to come play pastor in, in spades, y'all. Some of y'all wouldn't miss an opportunity to, to serve in food and clothing. And now, well, I got busy and I'm older now. Listen, if Jesus is still Jesus and your why is in the right spot, you will endure forever. Last thing I'm going to tell you, and I want you to get this. I'm going to pray and close. Get this. Get this deep down in your spirit. 
God says that his blessings are for those who endure. If you have the right reason why to read the word, if you have the right reason why to pray, to obey, to serve, to live right, give right, act right, do right, be right, love God, love people, put God first, take the less so everybody can else have the best, serve everybody, give, 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 give to others when you don't have, if you have the right reason why, you will endure through any president, any government, you'll endure through any financial burden, any physical burden, you'll endure through death, through suffering, through unemployment, you'll endure through hardship, through pain, and people will say, why are you still doing that? And it'll give you an answer. Because you'll say, because Jesus is my everything. When I'm up, when I'm down, when my head's spun all around, he's still God. All his promises are the, to those who endure. Don't you dare give up on God, Christian. Don't you back up. Been too much backing up in life. Too many people backing up on God. Too many people have slid back. Too many people have backslidden on God. It's time to front slide on God. Some of y'all just need to decide, I'm front sliding today. I'm pushing all in. I'm going all in on God. I'm front sliding. I'm going to be everything that God called me to be because I do believe that he's real. I do believe he's alive. I believe he listens to my prayers, and I believe he will bless me for doing right. That's the right reason why. Pray with me. God, thank you for never giving up on us. Help us, God, to love you, to love your church, to obey you because of who you are, because of what you've said, because of what you've done. God, I pray for every person here today, God, who's not truly saved. Lord, I pray that you would draw them to real salvation. God, I pray for all the real Christians in the room, God, that you would let us slide forward today. Let us front slide and not backslide. Let us get all in for you. Thank you for being all in for us. We love you, God. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to the AOCF Sound Doctrine Podcast. And visit us on the web at aocfnow.org. Your financial support for this ministry allows us to share the gospel around the world. Your support is greatly appreciated. If you would like to give a donation, please go to aocfnow.org. Abundant Life Christian Fellowship Church. Loving God, loving people.